Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. In all walks of life, whether it's business, whether it's corporate, visibility and your personal brand, which is a newer statement in, in most recent years, but it was always there. It was always how you were viewed by the people below you. If you're a people leader, how you're viewed by the people above you, how the people, how you're viewed by people next to you in a different department in a corporate world or a different a colleague or a different entrepreneur in the business world. It's incredibly important to know how you show up. And in today's social media world, that's where people see you first especially in a quarantine life that we've been living for a while and probably will, people will meet you first through social media before they might meet you in person. So how you project yourself is incredibly important. We're going to talk about different steps you can do it, why you do it, not the mechanics of doing it, although we'll have a little tips and tricks when it talks about social media. It's more about the strategy and how to think of yourself in a different way and how to work with people who can put yourself in the best light. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. Appreciate you taking a few minutes to listen with us today. As always, we're brought to you by the C-Suite Network. I want to thank them for their ongoing support and platform so the podcast can be heard around the world and web and wonderful things. As we jump in, my guest today is an expert in working with executives and entrepreneurs on getting them a brand message, mostly through LinkedIn, although there are going to be other things that, that we'll talk about, but we're going to use LinkedIn as a proxy for the most part. Carol Kemmerer, thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yes, this is this is going to be a fun conversation because the the theory of brand or the the brand identity that we talk about and create is kind of a nebulous topic, right? It's it's not something you can define necessarily because everyone's a little bit different, every medium might be different. How do you think about branding? Let's start there. Well, I think about branding as how you look plus what you say plus what you do. Another way to look about look at branding is it's what people say about you after you've left the room. So um, it is other people's perception of you, but you can control what you put out there so that you are projecting your brand. I think it's important for us to be cognizant that every touch with someone is either on brand or off brand for us. You know, if, if our brand is kindness, that's, you know, one aspect of our brand and we are harsh with someone who's having trouble ringing up our um, merchandise at the cash register, that's really off brand. And when we're off brand often, it's hard to know what our brand really is. So that's one of the things that I think about about brand, personal brand. That's interesting. It's, it's an important distinction, right? On brand versus off brand and also real brand versus curated brand. Right. Um, right. 
we, there are a lot of people who have great brands and maybe aren't great people, but they've done a really good job at curating their brand. And then there are some of us that are so, you know, to use a buzzword authentic, that it's hard to manage it. How do you think about the curated van versus the, the real you and to make that brand visibility be real and be authentic while making sure that you manage it properly? Okay, well, you know, it's kind of a hybrid. <laughs> um, <laughs> you mean that wasn't an obvious answer question? Uh, you know, one of the things that's important is that we are authentic on our social media um, because it does not benefit us to try to be someone who we're not. It, it sets up all kinds of problems for us if we try to pretend that we are something that we're not. And on LinkedIn, especially, if we are inauthentic on our brand, we attract the wrong opportunities to ourselves. If we are authentic, we will attract the opportunities that are right for us. And so that's important. But when I communicate on LinkedIn, my brand through my posts rather than through my platform. I am very intentional about what are people expecting from my brand. So the things that you will see me post have to do with leadership. They have to do with employee engagement and retention, because those are all things that executives are specifically worried about these days, you know, attracting talent, maintaining talent, engaging talent. Um, I post some on just executive brand and I post about LinkedIn features that we can use to communicate our brand. If I find, yeah, if I find something that I really like, but it doesn't meet my um, my criteria of what is on brand for me, I send it to someone for whom it would be on brand. You know, if I find a great article on um, treasury bonds that's not on brand for me. <laughs> so I send it right. to somebody else. And I, I use it as something that is very on brand, which is relationship that's on brand for me. And I will say, this came across my desk today and it makes me think of you. I'm smiling, hope you are too. So it is an authentic touch, but I have not confused my audience with what? Why is she posting that? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's it. it I love that you said that because one of the things that, that I, I teach and when I do some marketing training is I have people take out their phones and scroll through their contacts and make a, a legit assessment of how many of those people in your phone could repeat back to you what you actually do for a living. Oh. And the answer invariably is, you know, it's 10% or less, maybe 20% of people are really good or they just don't have contacts. And those are people in your phone. Like you had to intentionally do that. When you're talking about social media, where a lot of times you just sort of click the accept button because someone sent you a, 
a message or maybe you got some people in common or you came across each other in the world. If most people aren't going to go and read your, your profile until you get a little bit further down the road. So how can you project yourself through your posts or through the obvious so people know what you do so they know if you want to talk to you? Um, what are, you know, just some things to think about um, on that, that posting on brand? You mentioned a few of the things that you do, but what can people look for in their own past, like their own past posts of, oh, yep, that's on brand. Oh, no, that's not. How can they sort of self-assess a little bit? Oh, okay. Well, there are lots of ways to help people understand their brand, but I use just three questions because three is memorable. And um, if we just ask three questions, you're likely to remember what those questions are. So here are my three questions. Number one, what are the three things you want to be known for? Number two, what are your differentiators? Number three, what are your most important keywords? So with those, um, if I have the answers for those from my clients, I can build them a rock star profile because we can put those in each of the places. So that's how I sort brand. And um, if you knew what three things you wanted to be known for, you could probably judge a post and see if it kind of matched one of those three things or if it matched your differentiator. Um, kind of, that's, that's the, um, the sieve through which I put things. Okay, that, that's, super, yeah. that's super helpful. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about how you got here, right? I always talk on this show about, you know, the entrepreneurial journey. We all got to where we are in different ways. You, you've got a business, you're an author about that with your second edition coming out shortly. What was your journey to get to being a executive branding expert, having your own business and having your book? Where'd you start? Absolutely. It was accidental. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I am a marketing communications person. And for 20 years, I worked as a marketing communications consultant for a Fortune 500 company. And it was in the medical device space. And I was known as a, you know, medical writer. I could write, um, I could ghostwrite for physicians, or I could write literature for patients. Um, I could write website, copy, anything about implantable medical devices, because that was what I'd been doing for 20 years. And I had great value to the company because I worked across a couple of divisions and could bring best practices from one to another. I loved it. They kept me so busy that I had no other clients. Not the very best idea, but I thought I was diversified. I had two divisions. <laughs> Right, right. At any rate, the company and the whole industry went through a downturn. And during that time in 2010 and 11, when they were out undergoing a downturn, they did what many companies do, which was to outsource whole functional areas. 
and they outsourced all of marketing communications for the two divisions that I supported, making it impossible for me to continue to um, expect to have any work from them. So they had already paid for their work um, under a retained arrangement. So I needed to rebuild. Um, it was either that or retire on the spot because I had a huge network and it was all locked in to that one company. I had no network beyond that. So I began to study LinkedIn to figure out how I could reposition myself. I found out that I couldn't put up a website because all of the work that I've been doing for 20 years um, was all company proprietary. Actually, you know, it didn't take me more than um, three minutes to think about that. But, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, here I have great writing skills. I can communicate about anything. I can understand technology and make it understandable to others. What am I going to do? Um, and I could have just said, well, I'm obviously done with working. But instead, I chose to study LinkedIn, and um, it was for my own use. And I began to help my friends who had also lost their jobs with the same change, because all the internal people lost their jobs, too. And it was very shortly thereafter that some of them began to send me their friends, people I didn't know. I'm going, oh, well, I'm being, I'm being recognized for a new area of subject matter expertise. This is kind of fun. <laughs> and so um, from there, I built my business and um, it's, it's been a, a joy. Now I'm shining my marketing communications, branding brilliance on people instead of products. And it brings me joy every day to work with clients. That's fantastic. And yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, especially during that time frame, obviously had to rethink and, and as they are now here in 2021, um, yeah. having to rethink what we do. When you when you started the business, was it was it a business from day one? Or was it potentially a stopgap to to figure out what you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> you know, tell us a little bit about that. Because the yeah. the business of a uh, the businessification of a consulting of a consultant yes. is a process. How was that process for you? Okay. Well, I always had my own business. I was the consultant. Okay. So I could keep my business name because my business name was my name. So all good. Um, but here was the thing. I realized it, the power of branding, it, being a marketing communications person and it looked real funny on a LinkedIn headline to say that I was an expert in um, implantable medical devices and LinkedIn. I mean, <laughs> how does that work? I knew how it worked. And so, but I knew I couldn't do it that way, that it was, you know, I really needed to figure out a story that went with this. And so I realized I needed to create a bridge. What is the similarity between 
writing for about implantable medical devices and writing about people. Well, both are business stories. And so my tagline um, began, I tell business stories. And I tell them with power. And then I talked about the two kinds of business stories that I tell. And as my um, personal branding business grew, I was able to drop the um, medical device, the implantable medical device part of that and just be this new person that I would, had created. It was, it was wonderful to create this new job. That's great. When did the, when did the, um, the growth light bulb really come on that, all right, I've got something here. It's working. I'm getting these referrals. Let's do this thing bigger. Yeah. Okay. So I think it was about in 2013 that I began to be willing to just be out there as, you know, personal branding, executive branding, LinkedIn, and not the other side. And it was in 2016 that I realized that I needed um, a bigger platform than just um, working one-on-one-on-one -on -one -on -one with individual um, executives. I love doing that. I still do that. It's, it's the primary way that I br bring my money in, but I needed a bigger platform. And so that was when I wrote my book, LinkedIn for the Savvy Executive in 2016. And then um, more recently, I published the second edition. So um, that came out in January. Um, but in that, I need a bigger platform. I um, went to the Minnesota chapter of the National Speakers Association to their Speakers Academy. Um, I studied with them. I became a member of the National Speakers Association in the Minnesota chapter. And I wrote the book all kind of in the same period of time. That's terrific. And congratulations on the, on the new book coming out. I know that's one of the things that, that we're going to dig into here in a second. And on that the business journey. So you go from having your own own business, but effectively being laid off because your two largest clients um, didn't have the, the need or the contract for you anymore to helping some people that you knew and having a cute little business to going bigger and having a book. Um, nothing works perfectly. Like now you don't just go straight up. Um, and if you do, then feel free to say that. But we all have little things. When you look back on it, um, is there anything that that strikes you as, oh, if I had done X differently, I would have shaved three years off my time frame? And what for you has done that? Because I think that's that's one of the biggest things that people struggle with is they keep spinning their wheels doing what they know. And then you can come and be like, oh, if I had just done this and all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'll just do that. It worked for Carol. Um, so what were, what were one or two of those things that you look back on as, ah, I should have done this. So two things that come to mind. One is if I had known that writing the book was 
like this much of the journey of having a book, <laughs> um, if I had known that it was important to publicize and, you know, get it out there the first time, um, I might have scaled bigger, faster. The other thing is having that entrepreneur's mindset that I am clever enough to do it myself, all of it, and <laughs> too cheap to pay anyone else to do it. <laughs> so maybe the latter is the, the more operative. So um, in the, the last year, um, I have gotten a virtual assistant. Um, I still don't have her doing maybe everything that she could, but it's working. She does wonderful work um, on um, social media memes for me, you know, graphics. I love that. Um, visual things are very important to me, and it's really nice not to try to put it together myself. Um, and uh, she's really good at, at editing video. So that's great. Um, and I got somebody to do my books, um, my um, financial books, so that I, that is something that always drove me crazy. And now it's not my responsibility. I have delegated it. So I wish that I had had that sense of um, abundance sooner that I could pay someone else to do it and free myself up to do other things. And um, perhaps I'm still growing that sense of abundance that I can pay someone else to do this and that. But um, at any rate, uh, having help is really, really powerful. It is. And it, it's amazing. So many people, the books are like the last thing they give up, um, you know, financial records and accounting. Um, I don't know why we keep that so close to the vest, but uh, the amount of time that it that frees up in in every in everyone's business and with my clients, um, a lot of times they're, they're still having themselves do it. And uh, so I'm glad I'm glad you had that epiphany. Uh, we're talking with Carol Kemmer here on the Entrepreneurs MBA podcast. Her website is Carol Kemmerer K A E M M E R E R dot com, and. On your book, I, I you wrote the book, and obviously it's a, it's a great lead magnet. It's a great business card. It's great to you know present and and have have it when you do presentations and to get on shows like this. Um, why a second edition and not a different topic? Oh, you know, people still need the material, and they need it more now than they ever did. Um, and I still have something to say. So in this current edition, the second edition, I added a chapter because of COVID um, because everybody's losing their jobs or has lost their jobs and they need to redo. I added a chapter on executives in transition so that there would be information directly for them. I added a section for executives in transition who are over 50 because there are special needs that they have with regard to their branding. Um, and so um, 
that was really, really important to me. The other thing is LinkedIn does change all the time. They change the names of their functions. They change the names of their uh, settings. They change how it works. Things are so different today than they were in 2016. And at the end of um, 2020, LinkedIn rolled out a number of really substantial changes that people should be using. So all of those changes are in this book. Um, everything is up to date. And um, I added um, to-do list at the end of each chapter so that if you're reading along, you're actually doing things on your profile or on your um, platform, on, on your posting. Um, as you go, actually that's working through. Yeah. That's awesome. And you can get more information on Carol's book on our website, or you can go to carolk.yourfeaturedauthor.com. I'll put that in the show notes so everyone has them. I think it's really important um, for all of us to think a little bit differently. Um, unless we've paid a professional to do it, and most of us haven't, We've just put our profile out there and a lot of business owners don't think twice about it, right? And, and so it's nice to have a format. It's nice to have a strategy like you outlined. And I know you talked about the three questions that we can, that we can ask when we look at our profile or, or look at, at our posts that we've done to, to brand ourselves up in a bigger and better way. But in our final few minutes, um, what are some of the things maybe that, are the biggest game changers that you do for your clients? Like you see the same mistake over and over again, or people are just missing the obvious. Anything come to mind that people just really need to go do right now? Okay. I think it's the headline. Um, the headline is your um, advertising slogan. So we have 220 characters now, which is um, hundred characters more than we ever had before to talk about who we are and what we do. And so many people are using the default, which is that LinkedIn fills it in with your current job title and your company, which is ho-hum. I mean, really, <laughs> um, you can start there. You can, you can start with your title and your company, but with 220 characters, give yourself a, a colon right after that and talk about the value that you bring to your target market. So that's awesome. That's a great one. So uh, last question for me, um, right? We want to send everybody out to go look at their profiles, to look at some of their posts, to look at your website. But as people are, you know, hopefully driving around, people are getting out and out a little bit more listening to this episode. Um, how should they think of themselves? Right. You're a personal branding expert, and I know that your questions can help. And when you work with people one on one, you draw things out of people. But not everyone's a promoter. So we tend to undersell ourselves. How can people think of themselves and what that headline should look like, what that value should be, and get a little promotion, even if it's not their natural thing? If they could envision that people would have more access to their services or 
that they would draw the right opportunities to them if they put the right words out, maybe that would help. Um, you know, um, that 220 characters, we can say, um, providing clients with the best experience in this, this, and this. You know, that, that's powerful. It helps clients find you and it helps you find clients. Well, that's the whole, that's the whole point, right? That's why, yeah. that's why we have LinkedIn profiles. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Carol, thanks so much. Congratulations on the book. Thanks for dropping some knowledge on us here today. Um, definitely connect with her on LinkedIn, as you should. Knowing a LinkedIn expert, check out her profile and see what she's done. And there are probably some things you can mirror. And also for those of you watching the video, you can um, check out the QR code behind her um, for a copy of the book. And I'll also put it in the show notes. Thanks again, Kel. Really appreciate you being here and getting to know you and learning from you. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's awesome. And thanks everyone for listening to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.